And we welcome you to this edition of Night Shift. I'm Eric Lopez alongside Bryson Turner. UCF, there you see it, victorious over the Florida Gators at the Gasparilla Bowl. 29-17. to 17. Bryson, how you doing? Ho, 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 Eric. Santa has brought us an early Christmas present this year. So, I, so I'm very excited. It certainly was a really good game. It was a really close game for about two and two thirds quarters, but I would, but honestly, like this game is definitely going to be a tale of two halves. I think in terms of of the, of this program, very close. I would say in half number one, but one, but late third quarter, once the UCF offense really got rolling with Bowser, O'Keefe, and Richardson, uh, it, it that's I think that would really make the difference. I think. Of course, you can uh, interact with us. Send us your comments and questions. Of course, we are on uh, Facebook. You can uh, We are on live there. We're on live on Twitter. We're live on YouTube. And, of course, some of you are also listening on our podcast feed. We're everywhere, folks. Blackandgoldbanneret.com is the place to be. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page. We'll get show, live shows like this. Bryce, where can they find us on Twitter? You can find me at uh it's at it's bryson turner on twitter if you can find the banneret at at ucf banneret underscore sbn and you can see eric lopez's twitter ha- twitter handle on the bottom of the screen i'll probably add mine in just a second i'm just doing some uh, social media co- media coverage where you can also submit some questions for us under the tweets that eric and i are both sending out of course, uh, an incredible night. UCF victorious over Florida, 29-17. to Gus Malzahn becomes the first ever UCF head football coach to win his first bowl game uh, as Knights head coach in UCF in a, as a head coach of the Knights. George O'Leary lost in the Hawaii Bowl in his first bowl game as a UCF head coach. Scott Frost lost in his first bowl game against Arkansas State in the Cure Bowl. And, of course, Josh Heupel lost his first bowl game as UCF head coach in the Fiesta Bowl against LSU, kind of a back-and-forth game. As you look at the numbers, UCF dominating the second half, outscoring Florida 20-7 to in a game that really, you look at the first half, was kind of back-and-forth. You know, I was on on the beat of sports today on 96.9 in Orlando with Mike Tuck, who was filling in for Mark Daniels, who was obviously in Tampa with UCF. And I said, Bryson, this game would come down to the trenches. I think Florida kind of had control of the trenches in the first half, but UCF definitely took control in the second half. 288 yards rushing for UCF in this football game. Isaiah Bowser, what a difference maker. 35 carries, 155 yards, two touchdowns. And then Ryan O'Keefe, a legendary game that will be remembered by night fans everywhere. Ryan O'Keefe, four carries, 110 yards. And, of course, seven catches for 85 yards and a touchdown, including that 54-yard touchdown. And that memorable photo you may have already seen on social media, shot by our own Noah Goldberg and others with the number two peace sign in honor of Otis Anderson. And, Bryson, sometimes sports can be fun, man, and it could mean a lot to people. UCF was playing for more than just bragging rights. They were playing more than playing Florida. That was a moment that I will never forget. Ryan O'Keefe scoring, putting up the two-piece sign in honor of Otis Anderson. These guys were playing for Otis, and it tells you a lot about the brotherhood that football players have for each other, especially at a program like UCF. That's, to me, my biggest takeaway that I'll always remember from this night. 
Yeah, I would agree with you right there. Right there. I think also the fact that UCF has finally beaten Florida for the first time. I know they've only played each other twice in each of their programs' history, but it's just nice to not nice to get that monkey off the bat off the back, even if it is in a bowl game. But yes, I mean playing for for Otis, I think is what a lot of people were had on their minds going into this game, and that was a brilliant tribute by Ryan O'Keefe flashing the deuces going into going into the end zone. And, you know, as one of the players who had a major impact on off, on offense in this game and honestly had a similar role to Otis, who a, both, a, both a major runner and major passer, I think he was the perfect player to make that, to make that tribute and what a perfect time to do it as well. So I would honestly say that it, this factors into what I think the biggest thing about this game is. If you had to really boil this game down to one thing, it would be the word catharsis. This game was a catharsis for a program that has been through heck this year with in, with injuries to players and coaches alike, and a season where we lost Dylan lost Dylan Gabriel and Mikey Keene had to be pushed in, pushed into service and did fairly well for the position that he was in, and then and that the it's catharsis after a where where the UCF family was hurting. With the death of Otis Anderson, just a, a really great tribute to him, and a catharsis that we beat Florida. I mean, again, I know people will talk about asterisks like, "Oh, it's in a bowl game. Oh, it's an interim head coach," and that's all true. I will agree with that. But for tonight, at least for this game, the catharsis is there because you can factually say UCF beat the Florida Gators in football. And it feels very, very nice to say, let me tell you. Well, full disclosure, everybody, Bryson, of course, is a UCF student. Your family are Florida graduates. You actually all watched the game together. How'd that go? Uh, it was nice. Uh, we had a whole thing. I was covering, I was tweeting from the Banneretta account. So I was actually in the, in the loft with my grandparents, who are also Gators fans. Uh, my mom's parents are Gators, uh, Gators fans. And so I was watching the game with them a lot in the loft where I could hear because there's a lot of, there was a lot of people in there so i had to listen to the game and so i could and i can tweet properly and stuff but i had like you know nate i had some family come and friend and uh family friends come and those family friends were some ucf fans so i was not alone in my support for ucf in my house don't you worry about that are you but, guys gonna get are you guys gonna be okay now moving forward here are you gonna get along because i have a feeling there's gonna be a lot of trash talking from both sides between now and the fall of 2024 when these two programs are scheduled to play in Gainesville, Florida, and don't mistake yourself, this game will add some juice to that game. There will be some back and forth on that uh, on that one. And what an atmosphere. Sir, Sir Epic uh, writing in saying the environment was incredible. It really was, wasn't it, on TV? We're hoping uh, – I'm hoping, working on seeing if we get some reactions from the people. Just talking to people at the game, it was electric atmosphere, as you would expect, a sellout crowd, 65,000. A lot of UCF fans obviously making the trip. Florida fans making the trip as well. It was an exciting environment. It was an emotional environment as, you know, and, uh, Terry Mahajer, the athletic director for UCF, he was on the, with Mike Bianchi and Mark Daniels this week on 96.9. And, and he said it best when you have a regional matchup, a regional rivalry like this, people are interested. That's never going to change in college football, even with realignment. And you see that here. And I think for UCF, it's a significant win from that standpoint. You beat Florida first win ever against them. 
I think there's a lot of alums, a lot of former players that are very excited about that. And, you know, I think UCF will see what happens moving forward. But I think UCF will be shooting to, and, and Terry kind of alluded to this, they're hoping to play the Miamis and the Florida States, et cetera. But uh, it certainly, I think this will go down, arguably, as the third most memorable bowl win in the history of this program. Other than uh, right there with the Baylor win, obviously the Fiesta Bowl, and then obviously the Peach Bowl against Auburn are the top two uh, there with the Peach Bowl probably number one and the Fiesta number two. I would argue this is number three because of the opponent, right? Would you agree with that, Bryson? The opponent and, you know, the, the environment. And obviously, that again, I cannot get that. Uh, I will always remember that image of O'Keefe scoring with the two-piece sign there. Uh, that's a special one. That's a very special one that UCF fans will remember for a while. And nobody's going to take that away from them. They're going to – this is an enjoyable one to enjoy for a while. Oh, yes. The atmosphere was certainly great. Uh, the final attendance numbers came in at 63,669 people, which is a Gasparilla Bowl record. So I am I I have no problem not believing that the atmosphere in that stadium was absolutely electric for a lot of this game. Though I do, though I did hear reports that some Florida fans started leaving about midway through the. That's not quarter. a surprise. That's not a surprise so, uh, at all. There, Sir Epic O'Keefe touchdown is the best moment of the night. Not only do I think it's the best moment of the night, I think it's the best moment of the season. Let me ask you, Bryce: Is there a better moment this season? For UCF football, than that moment with O'Keefe's touchdown, as a single moment goes, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think, I, I don't think so. When you really factor in all the storylines coming in, I think that that is that is certainly the moment, the moment of the game, the moment of the season, because I think it again, it was, I think, a moment of catharsis on so many levels. If you really have this game is full of catharsis but if you want to boil it down to one moment then the that that play with Ryan O'Keefe flashing the deuce that is that moment is full of catharsis not only for Otis Anderson but also for the fact but also for this season where this team has gone through so much and Ryan with Ryan O'Keefe being one of the big bright spots that has managed to get get this team through a very difficult seat difficult season I would so yeah I w- I certainly would agree with you. I'm also Eric Edwards has commented this and uh, I've been getting some uh, t- word from Twitter um uh, at Nick Geddes News who is at the game uh, posted a video about Gus Malzahn's message to Night Nation which is at the trophy ceremony um, and Ryan O'Keefe is standing next to him and so that tracks with Eric Edwards's comment which is Ryan O'Keefe is the Oh, Ryan O'Keefe's the MVP for this season. I thought you were talking about the game, but Ryan O'Keefe is standing on stage with Gus Malzahn. Yeah, he's the bowl game. Should be the bowl game MVP. That's so a no-brainer. I would say that, yes, uh, I would say that O'Keefe is the bowl game MVP, and it's rightly deserved. Yeah, I, would, I, say so. I think it was rightly deserved. The only player I would argue that maybe could uh, that also deserves the MVP that could have also won is Isaiah Bowser because I have said this, but I've said this before, and that is I think Isaiah Bowser's presence is a major uh, precedent for how well this team is going to do. His role as the bruiser back is just so crucial to how this team operates that without him, we've just been scraping by. I the, like when, when, when Bowser is there, you, you're, he's, he's a difference maker. You can see the difference in the running game. 
he's able to establish the run. Ryan O'Keefe and Johnny Richardson can play speedy all the live long day. But the problem is, is that without Bowser, the UCF cannot properly establish the run, which means Mikey Keene is forced to play hero. And he's just, and he's a true freshman. You really shouldn't be asking a true freshman to play, to play the hero. You shouldn't have to ask that of him. And Mikey Keene, I think, and it felt like we were going in that direction for the first quarter or so. I mean, my, my Bowser seemed like he was kind of getting back into the motions of things during the first half or so. And so we saw that trapping where Mikey Keene was really forced to kind of play hero a little bit and not like, the, and not the game manager that he's really best suited as. So, yeah, but O'Keefe, O'Keefe is the MVP. I mean, when they, they, they couldn't get things going offensively, O'Keefe was making play, especially all game long. Bowser got going more in the second half, but O'Keefe did it all with the running, with the, his legs, the running game, the passing game. He, it was, to me, it's one of the most memorable performances any UCF players had in a bowl game. It's up there with Brandon Marshall in the Hawaii Bowl. Uh, it's up there with, you know, Shaquem Griffin uh, uh, in the Peach Bowl against Auburn. It's up there. It's a top three. Oni Kuno, my boy Sean, uh, diehard Sooner fan, chiming in. This Florida team uh, played their last game 358 days ago. Uh, this Florida team played their last game 369 days ago. He's making fun of Florida. Florida last year, remember Dan Mullen kind of scoffed at the Oak. They got blown out by Oklahoma in the Cotton Bowl. And they said, oh, we didn't have our players. This was not, this game didn't mean anything. They basically treated it like a practice. They made excuses for it. Are they going to make excuses? I don't know if the, I would like to think the Florida staff won't make excuses there. Will fans do? Yeah, they will. Who cares? Uh, they got bigger I mean, problems, word, personally. Wasn't the word that the boosters, that the Florida boosters were lobbying against this? Uh, maybe, but let's, uh, well, let's, let's turn over attention to a guy that covers both teams very well. Live from the stadium. Let's bring him in here. If we can, if technology will allow us. Mark Moses. The radio host, oh, let's see if he's going to bring him in. He's outside somewhere. He was at the Raymond James. And right now, oh, Mark's connection's not very good, which is always technology. Right, right Bryson? It's always technology of fight. Oh, yes, it is. Uh, we have had our run-ins with technology this season, so uh, it is what it is. Hopefully he finds a good wife, a good spot. So what happens when you have a packed house in that stadium? They're not used to having a lot of people there. Uh, for a college football game, so they don't have to worry about internet and Wi-Fi and connections usually. Hey, I mean, uh, you at know, that point. UCF fans are hey, UCF fans are used to it though, because uh, let's because I, I'm pretty sure a lot of UCF students watching will fit, will really sympathize. The bounce house is where wi- where Wi-Fi goes to die. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so we'll see if we can make that work. Uh, other comments chiming in there. Uh, yeah, look, Ryan O'Keefe has been one of the highlights of 2021. To Eric Edwards' point, he's been the highlight of this season. Uh, with all the injuries offensively, and that, especially in the receiving game, Jalen Robinson didn't play as uh, once again, uh, and all that. So, it, and there it is. UCF football at UCF football just tweeted the star of stars: 251 all-purpose yards, 110 rushing yards, 85 receiving yards. Ryan O'Keefe is the Gasparilla Bowl MVP. Well-deserved. And, one of the, again, one of the most memorable moments in the history of UCF football, bowl game performance. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to compare it to regular season games, but it'll be up 
it'll be up there. It's up there. I think it's top three bowl game ever. Again, Marshall uh, going against in that Hawaii Bowl, Griffin, Peach Bowl. Uh, those are the two that kind of stands out. Obviously, Blake Bortles, let's not forget him in the Fiesta Bowl. If you include a regular season, I think of Kevin Smith against Tulsa in the 2007 championship game. Obviously, there's a lot of McKenzie Milton games you could pick from, but this game is going to be memorable for many, many reasons. As I go over the stats, kind of an interesting uh, deal here. Emory Jones, 14 of 36, 171 yards. He ran for 62. But remember, I thought UCF did a nice job running the football uh, or, or containing him as far as a dual threat. Remember, Bryson, how Malik Cunningham just ran all over UCF, and there was that couple of drives where, you know, Emory ran very well. But I thought UCF defensively, and you've seen the growth of this defense as the year has gone on under Travis Williams, good containment on Emory Jones. And they basically said, I dare you to beat us with your arm, Emory, and Emory couldn't do it. Yeah, <laughs> I was in some Malik Cunningham flashbacks. You were? There you go. Of this game when Emory Jones was going on through those runs. But, uh, yeah, I will say that through the course of the game, and that's I think, comes with the fact uh, that Travis Williams has done an excellent job with this defense, or maybe it's just a testament to Emory, uh, Emory to the fact that Malik Cunningham is a better mobile quarterback than Emory Jones. Who knows? Who's to say? But the I think the I think the fact that Emory Jones was able to get contained or just didn't run the ball as much as he probably could have in the, in this game, and so what, regardless of what it is, the fact that Emory Jones did that Emory Jones did not get the ball, you know, take off running as much, whether it's because of the defense or because of his own own ability, that ended up being playing a factor here because UCF has had issues with dual quarterbacks with Malik Cunningham, but the improvement has been shown, and tra- that's a credit to Travis Williams. I mean, he's he's done an excellent job with this program, and I really wish that we had an our time episode for All this right, bowl yeah. because We're- because that because I would love to be a fly on the wall to see some of to see this 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 team react to this and this coach this coaching staff because Travis um, seeing Travis Williams on there uh, the type of guy that he is I mean I could totally believe that he'd be able to whip the two whip this defense into shape and be able to allow that that to allow them to go up against a dual threat quarterback like Emory Jones in the time between the Louisville game and this one. I have a feeling Nightflix will take care of all your, uh, uh, you know, positive deal there. Let's bring in a guy. Let's bring in. Let's bring in a guy here, Bryson. And by the way, uh, I'm going to move you for now because I'm going to make room for the man, the myth, the legend, my good friend, host of Sons of UCF Live. It's on most Thursday nights, the most must watch Thursday night primetime show since Seinfeld, 8 o'clock, usually on Thursday nights, unless there's a UCF conflict like there was. So then they push it at night. My good friend, Trace Trelko, host of Sons UCF Life. There you go. You're supporting. Welcome. That was a fun one. It was a fun one. And I'm glad to support your work on Night Shift. You guys do a great job with the post-game shows. Let's uh, give me your thoughts here. You've come, you've, you're an alum. You've been, you know, a long time. You follow, you've been at many, many games. They beat the Florida Gators. That's, say what you will, bowl games. I know there's going to be a lot of what does it mean in the big picture. But just for the moment, to beat Florida. That's a pretty, pretty, pretty good night, and especially with the environment, Ryan O'Keefe and everything behind that. Pretty, pretty special night. 
very special night. I was at those two previous matchups between the Gators and the Knights, both losses, as was well documented during the broadcast on ESPN tonight. And uh, it is very sweet. Uh, no one will remember uh, that it's a bowl game, that it's a meaningless exhibition. It uh, it really was a special night. Yeah, I saw Ryan O'Keefe and, and that moment where he honors and uh, recognizes uh, the late Otis Anderson with the peace sign as he crosses the end zone. Uh, gave me chills, got tears in my eyes, and then to see the UCF stick to Gus Malzahn's plan in the second half and run Isaiah Bowser and, and the, the great Ryan O'Keefe plays. Uh, this is a very sweet uh, night for Night Nation. Uh, and as Coach Malzahn has said, uh, just another piece in building uh, the, the program and uh, a big step it was tonight, uh, especially in the recruiting front. As you were watching the game, what – what was what stood out to you as you watched this game? I mean, the first half was tough to watch. Offense, a slow start. Mikey Keene obviously had his tough problems there. They didn't run the ball as much. Obviously, they went for two in the after the first touchdown, which was kind of shaky there. But, man, what second half, they kind of figured some things out. They ran all over Florida. What, what was your kind of – what stood out to you as the difference in the game there? What changed for UCF? Well, I was uh, sharing with you, I wanted to see more of Isaiah Bowser. I thought you hit it uh, on the head that maybe just being off for several weeks, he wasn't quite himself uh, getting into a rhythm. We've talked about this, the difference with him in the game and with him not in the game really opens up things for Johnny Richardson. And as you saw, the speed that we saw with Ryan O'Keefe and the way he was utilized. But and Isaiah Bowser is a difference maker. And, you know, we've been talking about, and we mentioned it on the Sons of UCF live show. Uh, we went on a special night Wednesday because of the bowl game on Thursday, saying would the bowl game be a showcase for players such as Emory Jones, who are talking about entering or, you know, the transfer portal. I wonder if a game like this, a performance like this, is a swaying decision for Isaiah Bowser now as he considers possibly uh, going and throwing his hat into the ring in the NFL draft, or did he have enough volume of work over this 2021 season? Uh, does he feel like he needs to come back and showcase more? But when he was in games uh, and healthy, he, he certainly was a different, and you can tell that's the type of running back uh, Gus Malzahn wants in his offense, just a bruiser. Just a bowling ball, knocking guys over. We got a tweet from our old friend, Trace, Brian Murphy at Spokes Murphy. Remember him? He used to cover UCF once upon a time. Uh, he tweeted about Gus's comments at ESPN afterwards to Taylor Davis, the sideline reporter, saying, we've got big dreams. we got big goals. We can win the whole thing here. I think tonight was just a first step and recruiting. I think recruiting is going to go really good now, he says, with a big smirk on there. This is, by the way, I mentioned this at the Open. Gus is the first UCF football head coach to win his first bowl game as UCF head coach. George O'Leary lost in the Hawaii Bowl. Uh, you had, you know, Scott Frost losing in the Cure Bowl in his first game. Uh, you have Josh Heupel losing the first game. I know it's just a bowl game. It doesn't carry. But this is big for Gus. This is a big momentum for him. And kind of, I mean, a lot of fans now are going to be pretty excited here moving forward with recruiting the move to the Big 12. This will definitely get people excited for 2022, whereas if they lose this game, I think there's more questions than answers. Yeah, a lot more questions, and we will go into spring camp with some questions. Uh, I don't know what you were talking about. I was listening to the post game on the radio and the uh, trophy presentation, but I don't know that we got all of the answers that we needed about Mikey Keene and possible quarterback battles. We're going to savor this one. We're going to enjoy it for the rest of 2021 before we begin to, as fans, uh, fret over 2022. So, uh, But from a recruiting standpoint, you saw how the Knights uh, – 
finished, uh, you know, 42nd overall highest rated recruiting class, 14 high school kids, one uh, junior college transfer. Uh, but now that advantage that Florida, Florida State, Miami had that power five, uh, that's that's getting knocked down. You know, no matter how it shakes out with what the new Big 12 looks like, uh, Florida won't be able to go into living rooms and say, well, at UCF, you know, you're only playing for an American Athletic Conference championship. They they won't have that advantage. And, you know, just go back a couple of years. You mentioned Josh Heupel in his Fiesta Bowl loss. It was Josh Heupel, right, that got a Gasparilla Bowl win. Boy, matchups do matter in bowl games, don't they? And the Gasparilla Bowl, folks, perhaps better than maybe any bowl game, uh, and there certainly are a lot of them in the country, uh, pick the right matchup, uh, maybe a 50-50 balance in that stadium. Uh, you know, it wasn't the best game you're ever going to see, but there was energy throughout. And uh, it's, you know, UCF social media team is going to spin this for all it's worth. And I saw on social media, especially as the game was ending at the conclusion, all of those new nights, some of which uh, come to campus in just a couple of weeks for a January enrollment, uh, are chirping about the big win and the future of college football and that UCF owns the state. So I think uh, beyond the bragging rights and the, uh, the, the talk, uh, that will chirp and go back and forth. Uh, this made a big difference down the line for Gus Malzahn uh, on the recruiting front. Ryan O'Keefe, I said this earlier. I think it's a top three UCF bowl game performance of all time. Brandon Marshall against Hawaii, uh, against Nevada in the Hawaii Bowl jumps to mind. Uh, obviously, Shaquem Griffin in the Peach Bowl against Auburn was incredible uh, in that game. Blake Bortles in the Fiesta Bowl. I think this game is right. That performance for Ryan O'Keefe, is one that's going to be remembered forever. This will be the Ryan O'Keefe bowl game that will be remembered, right? I mean, I, I think that's – I understand certain bowl games, the New Year's Six are bigger, so that will certainly uh, add to that. But this was an incredible game for Ryan O'Keefe. What's your thoughts on it? Somebody who's been to a lot of those great performances by a lot of great UCF players. He's a talent, right? And uh, we've seen how he's utilized his speed uh, throughout this season. Uh, MVP in this Gasparilla Bowl, but I think, and I get chills just thinking about it now, I get a little emotional uh, as he crossed that goal line and flashed up the, the deuces for Otis Anderson. Trillian Coles uh, carrying his jersey, Otis Anderson's jersey number two around the stadium. I think that is an indelible, iconic moment in UCF football history, the way Ryan recognized uh, Otis Anderson tonight and his performance was lights out. Uh, and he's the sort of piece that makes your offense just a whole lot better. So Isaiah Bowser and uh, Ryan O'Keefe uh, made up for some things that didn't quite go well uh, for the Knights on offense uh, in this game. And I know you probably started out talking about the defense. Uh, defense got after it, didn't they? And, and I'm interested uh, in your thoughts as, as I hop on a little bit late uh, uh, about Emory Jones. <laughs> this was oh, one going, going into this game that if he had a, a stellar performance, it might mean UCF loses the game. And if he struggles, <laughs> yeah. do you still want this guy? And what does it mean? Uh, you know, we were going to have a whole offseason to dissect what it means, but it certainly was interesting knowing that he plans to enter the transfer portal. And this was a bit of a showcase game for himself. No question. And I thought UCF did a heck of a job. How many times have we talked about the dual threat quarterback killing UCF defensively. Malik Cunningham, obviously the most recent. And Emory had some runs, but in particular in the second half, they kind of took that away from him and made him a thrower. If you look at the stats in the second half only, UCF outscored Florida 20-7, to outgained Florida 296-143. to uh, You had 
UCF, they're 7 of 12 for Mikey Keene in the second half. Whereas Emory Jones, you mentioned 5 of 15 for 83 yards. He couldn't beat him with the passing game. And Florida was held to 60 yards on the ground while UCF had 196 in the second half. People, we were talking about throughout, and I, I was on many radio shows, the line of scrimmage. That's always a big topic when you're playing an SEC team. Can you match up with them in the trenches? And I think what we saw here, Trace, is UCF, as the game went on, they wore down Florida, and in the second half, they won the battle in the trenches, and Florida had no answers for that. And I think that speaks volumes, and I think defensively, Travis Williams, the growth of this defense from the beginning of the year to now. Remember, there's a good chance this team will return eight to nine starters defensively. And, that, and that, I'm not including guys like, you know, Kalia Davis and, you know, that that's out with an injury. If he comes back, you could have nine starters potentially back on defense in year two of Travis Williams. I think this defense has a chance to be the best defense in the American Conference next season when you consider all the losses that Cincinnati will lose personnel-wise with Luke Fickle. They'll have a lot of young talent, very talented players, but young. I think UCF, their identity here, I think it's more balanced than it ever was under Josh Heupel. Second half T. Will Trump's second <laughs> half Randy. Is that what you're suggesting, Elo? Uh, yeah. Remember, though, this was a three and three team, right? And Coach Malzahn said, we're going to hit the reset button. You know the number that he's talked about, 27 players that uh, were not playing in this game. Notably, uh, Jalen uh, Robinson Flash not in this game. But good to see him at the end of the game. Part of that, uh, they're calling it Gatorade, but it's Powerade, by the way, that they dumped on uh, Coach Malzano's Powerade, or at least was a Powerade bucket. It was good to see him a part of that celebration. But 27 guys, we know all of the injuries. My, how different this team looks in this win over Florida than it did opening night, that Thursday night, the weather-delayed game against Boise State. How many different players are not a part of the mix? Uh, in this game, in this win. Um, so, yeah, uh, a, 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 you know, a, a great performance for the Knights. They gutted it out defensively. Uh, they did what they needed to do. You question some of Florida's play calling and decision-making. You know, they might have been better to continue to run the ball. Uh, they seem to be a little bit effective with that, at least in the first half. But credit to Tewell. Uh, he, uh, he rung as much out of this group as he could this season. Uh, Brian Murphy, you brought out Murph out of the hibernate, you know, hibernation here. Uh, no, <laughs> non New Year's six games are generally meaningless, but because of this matchup, there's only four words to describe this win. It just means more, Trace. Just means more. Yeah, Gator fans can make those excuses, but uh, the audience, whatever the audience may be, I'm not sure what your prediction was for the audience that this was a million plus viewership night going up against the NFL late in the season with the playoffs on the line. Uh, but I think for the non-SEC, non-Gator fans, they know the brand name. You've been talking about this for years, and it's never been more true than it is now. It really is about brands, right? We see it in every sport. And yep. we know what the Florida brand means. It may be a bit tarnished, and it certainly wasn't the sort of season that they need. But there was a graphic that was shown early on in the game where they showed the recruiting rankings. And they had UCF, and they had Florida was 67th or whatever they were, and Miami was in there. For a college football fan, that's not what they expect of a Florida Gators program. Uh, Billy Napier's got his work cut out for him. Big time. And so does Mike Norvell at Florida State as well. Uh, I think Gus can recruit. He's a proven recruiter. I think Mario Cristobal's actually going to do good things at Miami. I think Florida Florida State have got their hands full. And I think Gus, there's something about Gus, Trace. If you notice that with the media, the national media, they love Gus. How much they do they do like talk him. About, they like him a lot. 
And there's a presence there that he has that, quite frankly, with respect to the previous UCF coaches, I don't think they ever had that with the national media like Gus does. Uh, for whatever, you know, and he's got, he knows. Well, certainly not Josh that. Heupel. No. Certainly no. Josh Heupel didn't have that relationship with the national uh, pundits. Um, so, yeah, and, and, and when the recruits, uh, the, the new Knights that we've been talking to on the Sons of UCF Live have talked about the genuineness, the sincerity. We had on Wednesday's show, uh, preferred walk-on kicker Colton Boomer, and he talked about the faith that he has and that he saw and heard from Gus Malzahn. It is a different experience being in that media scrum and interviewing him. There is a genuineness that comes out in him, and he is a proven recruiter. Uh, and I think Auburn fans are reminded about how they won some close games with him. And, you know, that's something also, by the way, uh, back to Mikey Keene and, and the stretch run. You know, UCF won close games. I'd like you to think and ponder, what would the record be? They finished 9-4, and 8-4 and four in the regular season. Uh, what would they have done under Josh Heupel under similar circumstances? I, I don't see them, uh, them winning nine games. I don't think so either. Uh, I don't think so. I think they would have struggled. I don't know if he would have ad adapted like Gus did. I don't think the defense would have been as improved. I, I think there's a more balance on this football team. And I really do believe that. And I think this team's going to, if Bowser comes back next year, they're going to have a strong running game. I think they'll have a really good defense. Obviously, the question that's going to be the most talked about question throughout the offseason in the spring is the quarterback position, obviously. Uh, which we'll have plenty of time to get into because between now and, say, August. Matt J chimes in with a comment. Uh, also reliving, uh, reliving a scene flash dumping the Gatorade cooler over Gus's head. Was hearing some rumors of tensions, maybe just injury preventing him from playing. Um, hard to say, Gus. But Gus I would say Gus Malzahn's body language in his uh, yeah. six-second response to the question about his uh, Robinson's status going into this game. The body language wasn't good. And it was different than when he had previously spoken about Dylan Gabriel or uh, Isaiah Bowser or any number of Knights that were injured this season. It was a different body language, but it was good to see. And, you know, these are uh, college students. Uh, they are fickle. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, this managing your roster has never meant more than it does now in college football. Uh, Knights inked 15. They say they have 10 slots available. How many of those players come back, you know, with a COVID year? Do you see a Sam Jackson return on the offensive line? Cole Schneider has already indicated he's most likely not coming back. Who comes back? Does Isaiah Bowser feel that he needs to prove more? Uh, you mentioned the uh, possibility uh, of how the Knights would look defensively going into 2022. We know Cincinnati loses uh, a lot of key pieces to its team. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. we got to enjoy this victory. But perhaps the Knights go in as, as a favorite to win the AAC in 2022 if uh, things go right on the transfer portal and some of the returnees. But I think there's going to be some lingering questions at quarterback. Some defensive stats to bring up. Tatum Bethune, uh, who's a guy that Trey Neal told me and in, 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 in our, my article, my Q&A with him on blackandgobanneret.com leading up to the game as far as a key guy for the defensive side of the ball to be successful is Tatum Bethune. Seven total tackles, six solos. He was all over the field, as was Devon Wilson. Seven total tackles, five solos. Quadric Bullock had five total tackles, three solos, had a pass breakup. Devontae Brown, I thought, played well. Four solo tackles, a tackle for loss, three breakup uh, passes for him. Uh, UCF got some sacks. Cam Good got a sack. Baptiste got a sack. Just your over, what defensive individuals have stood out to you this year? Because Big Cat gets a lot of the attention, and rightfully so, is all conference. But guys like Bethune and other guys really stepped up all over the field. When remember, at the beginning of the year, 
it looked like they were tentative. They weren't sure where they needed what they needed to do. They missed some tackles. Didn't see much of that anymore in the second half of the year. No, especially uh, there there wasn't the issue. I mean, we bantered back and forth all game long. How many times did we say missed tackles? We were really saying it, right? You mentioned guys that stood out, Tatum Bethune. I'd, I'd say Quadrick Bullard as well as a name uh, that stood out uh, for me uh, over the course of the second half of the season. Um, Big Cat is a disruptive force. You're going to see him at the East-West Shrine Bowl, right? Hula Bowl as well, isn't he? Uh, he's accepted an invitation so. to that. He's disruptive. But, he, you know, he's a proven SEC talent. Uh, you know, make some mistakes, but you've got to really look at how you're going to cover him. Uh, I know you're busy managing this show, so you're not paying attention to what Andrew Glukov is saying uh, at the postgame press conference. Of course, everything delayed uh, as a result of the on-field uh, trophy celebration. Uh, he quoting Coach Malzahn, we're fixing to recruit, recruit, recruit. They're going to use this. Uh, you know, this place oh, yeah. is a gold mine. Uh, Andrew quotes uh, Gus Malzahn as saying, uh, you know, th this is a big springboard for UCF. Well, I mentioned this on the podcast um, last week when we went over the uh, signing class. You could tell with Gus, Trace, that he loves recruiting, that he has a passion for it, that it's not just lip service. You know, you were very openly critical of Josh Hype on the last regime about the recruiting side. And Honestly, when, you know, there was a lot of lip service, there wasn't a lot of like passion, uh, you know, and every personality is different. I get that. But I feel like Gus is a natural recruiter, maybe the best recruiter UCF has ever had at the head coach. Georgia Leary was more of a developer than a recruiter. There were certain areas he avoided. Scott Frost, quite frankly, wasn't here long enough to judge if he was a great recruiter, how much of it was he was a good recruiter, how much of it was that he was anti, you know, the opposite of Georgia Leary. And I think Hypo, we've seen here that his recruits were not anything to write home about. I think Gus is the best recruiter UCF's ever had, and he has experience recruiting at a Power 5 level, which I think is one of the reasons why, many reasons, I think Terry Mahajer thought of him to be the right guy for this job, now especially going to the Big 12. Well, and remember, uh, with Auburn recruiting far beyond Alabama, he's got a lot of relationships. He likes to talk about that as a uh, starting out as a high school coach, that he, he likes – this, as you said, and, and, uh, you know, I was surprised when it was said that of the 15 recruits announced last week on signing day, early signing day, four from central Florida, a couple out of Seminole high and Sanford four, and that it was a program high. And, <laughs> you can't be uh, a UCF and not be able to put that, as they say, that fence around central Florida, you know, uh, and, uh, Majority of these guys came from Florida. Caden Kittler out of Texas, a couple out of Georgia, most of them from Florida. You can successfully recruit in Florida. It does make you wonder why uh, University of Florida has struggled with doing so. And, and you've heard repeatedly uh, Dan Mullen just wasn't his thing. Uh, you know, under previous coach, when he was an assistant coach, they didn't send him out on the recruiting trail. You need somebody like that. But you also said something you talked about. Scott Frost wasn't here very long. Josh Heifel wasn't here very long. Boy, continuity is so important now going into the big 12 uh, and having those relationships. You know, when you hear high school coaches say that they didn't really know Josh Heupel and his staff, that they didn't meet them, that they didn't see them. That's not something that you heard this go around. They were in a lot of places developing a lot of relationships. And, you know, when they lose out on a guy that commits to Alabama, remember with this transfer portal, that doesn't mean that guy's going to work out at Alabama. Right. And when you have those relationships and you're treating recruits, possible recruits and their families, with respect, that's remembered down the line. And, and there are going to be a lot of guys that want to play for Gus Malzahn, even if they didn't commit last week or 
uh, down the line when the, the official signing day, the regular signing day comes in uh, February. Uh, they're going to remember Gus Malzahn the way he and his coaching staff uh, treated them. And uh, I, I think the continuity going into the Big 12, and it's something you and I have talked about with all sports. You know, when yeah. when some of Night Nation uh, is itchy and wants to put a coach on the hot seat, this is a big time. There's going to be require a big step up in recruiting. It doesn't matter the sport to compete with the Big 12 across all sports. Continuity is so important for football. There's just been so much disruption, so much coaching change and turn turnover. And that UCF has been able to win as many games over this uh, four or five year stretch of time with that disruption. Imagine if they had a coach that was here for a long time in Augusta Malzahn. I think we have that now. And I think we have that now. And Amy Bachman put it best. What a ride this season has been. It's been great to be a UCF night. I think a lot of people are going to be sharing that tonight, including yourself, Trace. I know you're with family, so I'm going to let you go and spend time with the family. you got hours to play with. But your final thoughts uh, as you leave us here on this game and uh, what this means moving forward in this season for UCF. Uh, how sweet it is to celebrate the victory over the Florida Gators, uh, nine and four season, very disruptive season with injuries, even to head coach Gus Valzon, the drama that surrounded Dylan Gabriel. The way this ended is certainly not the way UCF and Night Nation thought it was going to be ending when the season began, but it ends on a positive note. And I know we can debate how important bowl games are. And there are a heck of a lot of them. Minus one, by the way. Hawaii Bowl canceled. Host Hawaii out. Memphis already on the ground in Honolulu. Uh, <laughs> not going to be playing in that game. They should just stay and enjoy themselves. Rough. Yeah, uh, I was going to say. Yeah, players. rough. Tough spot. Yeah. Uh, but it ends on a positive. You carry that in. The momentum of that. A lot of questions. Uh, your show, Sons of UCF Pod, Sons of UCF Live. We're going to have nine months, uh, eight months to debate all of this. Right. And talk about it. 2021 ends on a positive note, despite all of the injuries, all of the question marks, all of the challenges in depth. Gus Melzahn piloted this to nine wins. And most importantly, not just a Gasparola Bowl win over a Marshall, but a Gasparola Bowl win over the University of Florida Gators, who've won national championships before. There's bragging rights here. But they also caught the eye of some high school kids that realized this is a program heading to the Big 12. And uh, this was an important win for UCF in that regard. Sweet victory for Night Nation. A lot of folks are going to be celebrating long into the night and into the morning in Tampa and all across the country. Night Nation enjoying this one. All right, Trace, tell the audience where they can find you on Twitter. And, of course, Sons of UCF Live as well. You'll be on Wednesday night, I know, this week because the Michigan game next week. Got a big game there. But usually you're on Thursday nights hosting 8 o'clock. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld will be proud. Yes, uh, Sons of UCF typically, uh, Sons of UCF Live typically streams from 8 to 9 on Thursdays on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. We'll be on Wednesday. We'll be talking about men's basketball with a win over North Alabama. Last night, getting ready for Michigan, another high anticipation game, opportunity for the uh, Knights basketball team to make a name for itself. Uh, we'll be recapping this ball game and start to talk about these questions that go into 2022. You can find me at SignPez. Uh, you can find the Sons of UCF pod wherever you get your downloadable content. Thank you for your support of the Sons of UCF Live, Eric, and uh, the Banneret, and I appreciate all you guys do, and especially here with Night Shift. And thanks for having me for a few moments. Thanks, Trace. Happy holidays, and uh, enjoy with the family, and uh, we'll talk soon. All right. Happy holidays. Ladies and gentlemen, Trace joining us here on Night Shift here, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to bring back Bryson in. Hey. We bring it? This is Night Shift here, of course, all over on Twitter, on Facebook. And we got another special guest. Are we going to bring him on here? Is he excited? 
Riggs got it. Oh, he's back. Look at this. Hey. <laughs> I don't know the last time he was on Night Shift, but here yeah, he is. It's been a while. Jeffrey Jarrett. How are you feeling? Oh, God. What a night. Um, okay. You know, I, 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 I was obviously, you know, heartbroken that I couldn't be there. Um, you know, considering that, uh, you know, I'm still, I'm still recovering from the operation that I had, but, uh, what a night, man. I, 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 you know, for some of us old hats who, uh, who, who've been around the block since the uh, D one independent days. Um, I, 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 there are probably a few folks like me who are, you know, in a real honest moment, like I, maybe we never thought we'd see the day when the UCF, when UCF would beat the mighty Florida Gators. And, uh, my God, it happened. It happened tonight. And the way that it happened was so satisfying in that second half to have, um, you know, to physically manhandle that team up and down the field, uh, as UCF did in the second half was just so satisfying to watch. So satisfying to watch. I, um, wow. Wow everything you would have ever wanted. I mean, it was fantastic. Speaking, hey, speaking of hats, how do you like the UCF Santa hat? I will. It's, it's, it's in the rotation. It's in the rotation, Bryson. Well done. Uh, so by the way, so I've been looking on Twitter while Eric was talking with Trace and I figured I actually wanted to go ahead and ask you ab- about this because you talked about how Florida manhandled, manhandled. I do agree with that with the second half but uh we i've been looking around and i've seen this and i think that it certainly does bar bringing up i think is uh is congrats ucf but quite honestly you just be perhaps the weakest mistake and penalty prone version of the florida gators in the last i don't care when you look i don't care i don't care at eight for eight i don't care and ucf had four for 42 when you look at i don't i don't care i don't care we beat those guys we beat those guys. We played them on the field. We beat those guys. Yeah, I'm right? not arguing that's that. How this, that's, that's how this works. We Well, and look at the video. I'm probably, I'm, uh, Jason Beatty, our friend from the set, yep. posted. He was right. By the way, what a gutsy he's guy. Right, he's right, man. He's, yeah, he's, he's, in the, he's at the epicenter of that. Holy yeah. smokes. Well Be careful done. there, buddy. Come on now. But No, yeah, hey, I, listen. I, I, listen we, and there you I, see I Terry Mahajer in there trying to wave yeah. everybody out. But listen. Don't tell me that th- that this game didn't mean anything. There you go. There you go. You're not. Do not th- look right here. there. Yeah. Do not tell me this game didn't mean something to both of these teams. All right. And we saw it, and we saw it from the drawing during the game too. By the way, one you there was plenty ejected for throwing a punch. Right. So, you know, I, I, it's this thing. This thing meant something to both teams. And, uh, and I think, and we were talking about this before the game, like it meant, it meant plenty to the Florida players too, because, um, you know, some of them are fighting for jobs. Yeah. Emory Jones is, you know, was auditioning for his next stop. And we can talk about whether or not that was, it was a good audition or not, but, uh, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, now it's very similar to what we see in the NFL where, you know, you see teams that are kind of playing out the string. You're like, oh, they're kind of tanking. Most of those guys on that roster, they're playing for their jobs. They're playing for their careers. So you can't tell me this game didn't mean something to these guys. I, I want to ask you, Jeff. I've said this throughout the show, and I'll bring it up again. Ryan O'Keefe, when I think of his performance, Brandon Marshall, Hawaii Bowl, 
Shaquem Griffin, Peach Bowl. You were there mm-hmm. at the Peach Bowl. Yep. Blake Bortles, Fiesta Bowl. Those are the standout bowl games. You know, obviously there's a lot of regular season, but I, this is a memorable performance for Ryan O'Keefe on so many levels, not just on the field. This is a game he'll, that UCF fans will always remember of Ryan O'Keefe uh, fondly for this game. But not only that, in my opinion, the moment of the season, maybe the moment of 2021 as we come to the year, end of the year, not when he scores the touchdown, he gives the peace sign, the number two in honor of Otis, man, that how, if you didn't have an emotional moment there, I, I, I you know, that showed the brotherhood, the connection as a, as a football player, as an alum. I mean, that's the moment I'll never forget from this game. Like years from now, I will always remember huge. that moment, right? I mean, it was it, for, for, a, for a couple of reasons. Number one, it was a huge play, right? It, it was, uh, it, it was, it, it, it was the, it, as far as the strategy of the game, it was the perfect time to take that shot when they did. And, you know, Mikey Keene, you know, uh, <laughs> Yeah, you know, God bless him. He, uh, you know, he's he's been, you know, as as good as he's been at times. You know, we could see tonight, you know, his limitations, right? They were pretty clear. Um, uh, as I'm looking, I want to look at Mikey's stats here real quick, just cause, you know, because I mean, he does. This, I mean, listen, 14 to 22, 144 with the touchdown. He was sacked twice. Um, protected the football. Protected the yes. Football. Did his did his, listen. We talk about game management. This is a clinic in game management. Did not give up a turnover. And you know what he did? He did a last, Kyle, last he did six a Kyle games. Israel. Last six games, eleven touchdowns, one interception. Right? Did what he had to do. But the shot that he took, you know, aside, you know, that fifty-four yard touchdown, you know, take that out. That's ninety passing yards right. For for Mikey Keene, but you know to Ryan, but when he hit that play to Ryan, it opened the game up. It was the one shot that UCF needed to hit, and we had a few shots. Remember on the flea flicker, he overthrew Ryan. He was wide open, missed him. Um, Parker Navarro uh, got. I, I was joking on Twitter that he got Michael Kolubiali on that on that one running play where the turf monster just jumped up and grabbed him. UCF's newest meme. I, j- I was yeah. on Twitter and I saw a meme <laughs> of that already. <laughs> but, um, um, you know, wow. I, it, you know, Ryan will keep making that play. It was kind of it. What it did was, you know, obviously UCF had the had the momentum at that point. But what it did was it really, I thought for, uh, you know, for, for Florida, it really shell shocked them. It really shell shocked him because they knew that you know Florida in the course of this game, you know, they knew that they had to, you know, that that UCF's um, you know offense was limited, you know, but you know still we were able to run the ball effectively, especially in the second half, and, and we'll pull up the second half stats in a second. But um, you got <laughs> to hit that big play. Really, I thought shell shocked their defense because you know all of a sudden I think what was the score at that point, Eric? I forget. That put him up to, uh, I believe, 26-17. Yeah, that was that made uh, it a two-possession two two possession two, game. That made it a two-possession game. And, yeah. and and given how we were talking about how points were coming at a premium, you could tell that their defense was like, oh, my gosh, now now we're in trouble because our offense is not is not hitting right now. And, um, and they just scored a quick seven on us, and we're down two scores. We're in trouble. So I thought that was – but what's Huge. amazing about that, I'm going to give credit to our buddy Murph, who said it to us in the group chat, and it struck, really struck with me. UCF had 26 points up until the end there. 
which was Otis's number, got it coming to UCF. When he first came here, yeah. And they won by two scores. Two. I mean, Jeff, you worked in television for a long time. Come on, that's a that's an amazing script. However you want to, whatever you want to believe in, man. See, I, I, I I'm not the biggest. Stuff. I am not the biggest fan of numerology. I know that you are, but I, I look at it and I'm like, you know, and, and Gus said after the game, and um, Andrew Kulikov tweeted it out. He said that you know it was clear that the players they wanted to win this game for Otis, that, that he was the real, you know motivating factor behind this and it's, and it's obvious and it was obvious that that's what happened um you know it's it, it was a uh you know it, it, it to to see the players kind of rally around uh, around his memory was just you know remarkable to see and that and that's certainly the the hallmark the hallmark card moment right is it's, is it's ryan's amazing. touchdown that's yeah I mean, it'll be remembered if, forever. That wrote the, photo, wrote the, that image that's, will be remembered. Yeah, that's the that's the that's the that's the cover of the movie of of the DVD. You know. Oh yeah. So. As far as, as, as on field moments go, that's the moment of the year. As far as on field moments, I mean, I will probably say that the moment of 2021 is when UCF joined the Big 12. But I think this is a close second. Yeah. Uh, to me, it's the most memorable moment on the field. It reminds me a lot. Ironically, Jeff, you were there at the 2018 championship game. What was the play that turned that game around? Oh, it was Otis's touchdown catch. Yeah, in this to start the third quarter. That was that was the play that UCF needed, and he was there to deliver. Uh, I was it was amazing, and I'll tell you the fans tonight, unbelievable. Uh, you know, it showed out so well. Listen, and I said I was watching the game on ESPN at home. Um, it looked to me like it was about seventy thirty UCF. Yeah, easy. Yeah. I, I, uh, you know, people give you some UCF fans the hard time and stuff. The thing is, though, man, they show up. They show up. Florida fans, yep. when things don't go well, they tend to kind of back away a little bit. All right. They tend to back away. Mm-hmm. Florida State fans do show up. All right. When even when things aren't good, Miami fans, well, they don't show up in general. UCF fans show up. <laughs> and, and that's to me was significant. By the way, Drew, you mentioned, just uh, tweeted the what Gus said about that play. Malzahn says when Florida's safety kept cheating up, they decided to go over the top. The result was a 54-yard touchdown pass, obviously, keen to O'Keefe. That's the play there. Mm-hmm. And uh, look at the second-half stats. You know, we mentioned it. Yeah, this was, running this the, was the second-half stats yeah. that we pulled up from – that I pulled up from the stat tracker that I, I tweeted out. And look at these numbers in the second half. And, and I was telling you this earlier too, Eric and Bryson. This is how a power team wins is in the second half. All right. Not just outscoring them, but look at the total yards. Double in total yards. Ran the ball 31 times to Florida's nine. Had 196 rushing yards in the second half alone. Committed one penalty. It was a 15-yarder. Florida had four 15-yard penalties in the second half. Um, Look at the first downs. 13 to 6. Seven of the 13 were on the ground. Four of night on third downs. Held Florida to 0 for 5 on third downs. Um, almost double the total plays. Uh, more than double time of possession. I, I, that's that's a physical team right there that we saw win. And I'll tell you, 9 and 4, bowl win. Uh, first, bowl, first ever win over Florida in, in program history. Gus Malzahn, man. One of the best Unbelievable. Second, what a one job. Of- 
One of the best coaching jobs in the history of UCF football. It goes right up there with the 2017 Scott Frost year. Up yeah, there I think it has Leary to. 05. Think, think about when we were sitting. Was good. Yeah, yeah, think about when we were sitting here after the Louisville game. Yeah. When okay. all looked lost. Dylan Gabriel's out for the season. Isaiah Bowser's out for God knows how long. Not to mention, I think, four or five other guys in the starting lineup. Matt Lee got hurt in that game. A couple of key defensive guys were in that game. It, it looked like it was going to get bad in a hurry. And to finish the season as they did, um, wow, what a job by Gus. What a job by the coaching staff. What a job by the players. They 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 kept it together. And, um, you know, the, the thing is, like, you know, especially for the seniors, you know, they get to, you know, they win this game and you get that it, it's it's it, I, I keep going back to that Bill Parcells quote after the Giants won the Super Bowl for the first time in 86. He says, the rest of your life, no one can ever tell, tell you that you couldn't do it because you did it. You beat Florida. And they did it. And, and I think you're seeing the complimentary football there, right? Like I know the offense yep. hasn't been ideal what people expect or used to the 40, 50 point games, but you're seeing the positives of this running game and not have to go fast every five seconds for a snap and being able right. to execute. You well, make, you're helping your defense and this defense. That, well, that was, fast. yeah. Yeah. That was, that was key. Especially, you know, it, especially in the first half, I thought, because the, the yep. whole thing in the first half was don't let the game get away from you. Florida's going to try and overwhelm you with their athleticism. But if you can keep the football, but if you could keep the football and just, you notice that I want to pull it. I want to see if I can pull up the UCF's possessions here in a second, but yeah, while you do that, um, sir, epics writes, uh, it felt 60, 40, uh, but UCF was mo the more louder fan base. Now he thinks it was 60-40 Florida. I think he was Sir Epic. You can confirm. I think you were there. You can verify that. But still, if it, whatever that, who knows what the number was? I thought it was more 50-50, 60-40. Either way, it was clear UCF was definitely the more louder, yeah. more invested into the game. Let me uh, bring up the the more of the stats here because I want to show you guys this here. It's this this is the drive. This is the official drive stats for UCF. And I'm going to try and zoom in out of here, but let's, but look at the time of possession that UCF was able to crank out here. Those first three, first three punt, 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 not very good, right? Defense was out there on the field and it looked like it was getting close to like the, 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 um, the, uh, the, the levy was going to break, right? But then 10 plays, 74 yards, 347 keeps the defense off the field, right? Allows them to rest. Nine plays, 49 yards, 408. All right? Uh, that's in the second quarter. And then the last two that didn't look really good. But, all right. Uh, even the uh, the uh, the missed field goal, that was that was, that was was a tough one, especially because Obarski, like, you know, Obarski, by the way, good game for him tonight, three for four. The only one he missed was, was that field goal from 51, and he had plenty of distance. He just kicked it straight from the right hash. Didn't give it enough hook. Um but then, ask, how confident are you in Obar in Obarski now? After much more now, much more now. But there's gonna, still going to be a competition, which I think is what Gus wants with Colton Boomer coming in next year. But, um, uh, but here, look at these, uh, look at these last three drives here. Um, with uh, seven fifty four to play in the third quarter, UCF gets the ball. Twelve plays, fifty five yards, four minutes and fifty seconds. All right, they get the one play, uh, the one touchdown play. Um, the one play touchdown drive and then 10 plays. I thought even this, this drive was actually big. Um, 
in the uh, that started the that, that was at the end of the third quarter and went into the fourth quarter, where UCF uh, ran ten plays, forty one yards, and four forty six. Even though they punted, they flipped the field and ran another five minutes off the clock. So UF gets the ball back with what seven or let's see, no, that must have been about. Here's where they got it back. They got it back. Fourth quarter, 10-16 to go, down two scores. And six six plays, 53 yards, missed the field goal. That was it. That was the game right there for them. And then uh, in that and then that final drive, that end off of that missed field goal where UCF got the ball with 7.57 left and then ran another five minutes off the clock, nine plays, 57 yards. And this was an absolute coaching clinic by Gus Malzahn. Guy can coach. Coach and Clinton. Guy can coach, right? I think he's proven that, yeah. right? And, yeah. and listen, if future future UCF teams are going to put up more points than this. They're going to be more offensively explosive, but they're not going to be explosive in the way that we've been used to the past five years. They're not going to put they're not going to put fifty eight points a game uh, up on everybody here for you know by throwing for 400, 500 yards. All right. They're going to put up those points in a really methodical way that all of a sudden you look up in the second half and you, and they put 42 on the board and they've run for 300 yards and they've thrown for 300 yards. That's what it's going to be. It's, it's not going to be as explosive in the way that we're used to seeing it. It's going to be like a wave that keeps or like a tsunami that keeps building and building and building. And then all of a sudden it overwhelms you. That's how these teams are. Yeah, that's how these teams are going to win. It's going to be a more Uh, balanced football team across the board, both sides of the ball. Yeah. Yeah. So, Jeff, I wanted to ask you this because you talked about Mikey Keene earlier, and I saw a tweet that that at J.P. Gilbert made earlier where he said, I might have made some jokes about Mikey Keene, but in one year he's got more big W's than the Sox salesman had in three. (laughs) Oh, oh, That's not fair. That's not fair. (laughs) Well, look, I mean, I will it's say it's not fair. Mike, it's a clever Mike, line, though. It's pretty clever. True freshman, four true freshmen. I think he did fairly well, and I think, and oh, I yeah. think that as the game went on, because Mikey Keene is not a playmaker, but a playmaker yet. I no, but you know what? I, I'm gonna let me, let me. I saw let me. some flashes in him. I saw a couple of flashes in him of some pretty solid plays in Here. the 54 yard. Well, you're getting you're getting a little choppy, right Bryson. To the, to the to that pass was running away from the defender to get to Alec Aller for the first down. I mean, there were some solid plays, and I feel like that. Like, I know they're going to go to the that they might they will go for the transfer portal, and I completely get that. We did that with Golson, but and and then but then Dylan Gabriel came. Wimbush, Wimbush, but, Wimbush, right? Different Notre Dame quarterback. But the po- point is, is that I think that I am a little is if Mikey Keene is the choice that Gus wants to make a quarterback going forward, I am more willing to trust him in that choice because I think that that he's shown us there is room to develop from him, and I think that he that I could see improvement from him, especially with the full offseason with the starters. Well, well I, listen, it was pretty, it's been pretty clear for, to me from this, and there's nothing against Mikey. You can't take the wins away from him. He finishes the season, I think, with, what, seven wins? Well, and I'll say this, too. He's done something that no UCF quarterback has ever done. He's beaten Florida. Yep. But and he's beaten South Florida too, by the way. That's right. two good. Those are two good wins. I think any UCF in any sport would like enjoy. Right but there. but let's but let's be real though. This this he was very much a game manager. 
this yeah. season. And you know, it is the the question that you that you want that you have is this is and this is the question that I always have. All right, you've got the ball on your own twenty, down five, with two minutes and two timeouts. Do you trust that player with the football? Can he win you the game? I don't think he's there yet. Now, that's not to say that he can't get there yet. Right. Was right? Kenzie Milton at that point in his freshman year? Was any freshman? No, he no, he he what he wasn't. He right. he he wasn't. Justin Justin Holman wasn't. Um, you know, Blake Bortles wasn't his first year. That's not to say that he can't get there, but he's got a lot of work to do. Now, yeah. if you, now if you're Mikey Keene, all right, here's what I'm doing. I am the first guy into that weight room every day, and I'm the last guy out. When Tommy Castellanos or whoever who comes in the transfer portal shows up, that every time that guy walks into the facility, he's going to see me there working first. All right. And I'm going to make the coaching staff tell me you're not the guy. All right. right. That's 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 how I would treat it if I was him. And God bless him. It, it, we're going to see. The, the, this is the part the ninety nine percent of the fans don't see. This game was won in the spring and in the summer, right? The workouts, the conditioning, the building up to this point. All right. Twenty seventeen season was won in the spring with Mackenzie Milton working with the receivers, working with the offensive player, working with the offensive line developing the chemistry that they had. So what's Mikey going to do? What's he going to do this spring? Is he going to be the guy who works on, who makes turns his weaknesses into strengths? We saw a few of those weaknesses on display where, you know, he, he doesn't, he's, he doesn't throw a really sharp football. Um, He's in the further downfield he goes, the more inaccurate he is. Um, They took, when they took the shot to Ryan on the touchdown pass, is because the safety was cheating up. If the safety wasn't cheating up, that pass gets broken up because he underthrew Ryan a little bit. Ryan had to come inside to get that ball and slow down a little bit. There was nobody in the middle of the field, so he was able to do that. But you know, you got to be able to make the throws, and you got to be able to make the throws from the pocket. Um, you know, he's he's not there yet, but we have a long off season ahead of us. We have spring practice, we have summer practice coming. What does he do? All right, we're gonna find out. We're gonna and we're gonna find out who the next guy is soon enough. You know, a yeah. lot of people are gonna claim to know. We don't know. Well, yeah. whoever, the, whoever, whoever the quarterback is, will benefit from having Isaiah Bowser hopefully back. Because yeah. Jeff, we don't know if he will. I think oh, well, he said post game he's not hundred percent, or if he's coming back just what a yet. Difference. What do you make though? What a story. They're a different team with him in the backfield. With all due respect oh, yeah. to the other backs, he's a difference maker. I don't think they win this game if he doesn't make it back from oh, injury. Oh no, there's there's no question. It, it, he was he was so huge tonight, and uh, I want to see if I can pull up his numbers for the game here too. But uh, I he have was. Him. Uh, I have him, Jeff. Thirty-five rushing attempts, one hundred and fifty-five yards, two touchdowns. His longest was thirty-six, but his average was just four point four yards per carry. He's he's a he's a meat grinder, and. When he went down, you got to remember, like he wasn't even supposed to be, um, he wasn't even really supposed to be the actual um, starting back this year. It's supposed to be RJ Harvey, 
and uh, and Isaiah was put into that position. And what makes Isaiah so good is, you know, not just his size, but his vision. And we talked about this, you know, Eric and I talked about this on the podcast a couple uh, a while back with um, Rini and Golia. Um, you know, he the, the thing that he was able to do was, uh, you know, his he's he has such good vision. And that for me was the key, you know, was he able to break runs every time? No, but you know, he had that, he has that big frame where he's able to take a pounding. All right. Chew up that clock. And in addition to that, you know, every once in a while, he's going to break one, he's going to break one out. And we saw that earlier today. Um, You know, and, and having him in there, it's kind of like, it's kind of like having a big man in basketball kind of step out and make a jumper. It opens up the lane for your smaller guys to get yes. to get into the lane. And so he was able to open it up for Ryan O'Keefe, you know, to, to rush for 110 yards net. He was able to open it up for, you know, on Johnny Rich when Johnny Richardson had that 38 yard carry. So um you kind of need you, you kind of need that guy. So I hope he's able to come back for one more year. If not, I think UCF ha- UCF does have a couple guys in the pipeline that can fill that role. Question is, do they develop the vision that he has? Um, we know about the size. Isaiah is so good at vision. And you, and you can go back and watch every carry that he has. He, he's able to find holes where they aren't and get and do what coaches call get skinny, where he can find a small hole, get positive yardage, and keep the chains moving. And uh, it's it's those little things that make a tremendous difference. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, I, and JP even said this too, UCF bullying Florida with a power running game, what a time. And I think it really speaks to how crucial Isaiah Bowser is on this team. I've talked about this with different people, you guys included, I think, that this team is a different team without Isaiah Bowser on it. And you kind of hit it right on the head where he's like the big man doing the jumper, making room for the smaller guys. That because in my opinion, without Isaiah Bowser, he's like a he's like a he's like a rim protector. He's a playmaker. Like and Mikey Keene is not a playmaker. He's a game manager. Isaiah Bowser having him there to be that big that big man doing the jumper, being that bruiser back to establish the running game, allows Mikey Keene to be that game manager without the pressure of being a playmaker because that's yeah. more on Isaiah Bowser. Plus. I mean, pro, mo, mo, most all the respect goes to Ryan O'Keefe and Johnny Richardson, but they're the speedy guys. You can't you can't get the same thing from them that you can get from Isaiah Bowser. And I th- I just well, think yeah. there there was just there were two different UCF teams this season, at least post Dylan uh, this season. There was UCF with Isaiah Bowser and UCF without Isaiah Bowser. And UCF without Isaiah Bowser had to scrape by in order to get in order to get some offensive production we had to really lean on the defense more you see well, with Isaiah Bowser though that has demanded have man has been much more confident offensively and much more productive offensively he's got a lot of he's got good vision too watching with the holes knowing to hit the holes when the cutback he's got a lot of he's got some Latavius Murray in him don't you Jeff like that's to me, the type of back there, of course, Tavius was big in the win against Georgia and the Liberty Bowl about a decade ago. He's got that it factor there, man. He broke that run in that early, the first play. What was it? The first play of the third quarter? Mm-hmm. Broke it the outside. He just has a vision that I don't think any other back in the in the roster has at UCF. And he has that physical ability to be just a bruiser. Like, 
he gets tackled, but he can give you that extra yard or, or two like he did on one of the possessions where he got yeah. the first down after contact. You know what it's also he's really good at is protecting the football. Because and that's the part that I liked that I liked the most is you know, because because Florida the Florida's defense, they were trying to rip it out. And every time he got the ball, he's hanging on to that thing with two hands, and he was taking shots today, man. Listen, let's tip our hats to Florida. Like th- that's a real defense. That's a real defense UCF played today because we saw the speed, we saw the power that they have. They they I was impressed with the fact that they they had guys who were being blocked reaching over grabbing Isaiah Bowser with one hand and bringing him to the ground. All right? That's you know this when people talk about, you know, SEC physicality, you know, you can't teach that. But you can beat it in a one game situation. No doubt. It you know it, it, any any team can get beaten in in a one game situation. We saw and obviously we saw that, you know, in the Peach Bowl, we saw that Today, and I think what we're going to start to see now is as UCF transitions into the Big 12 and the and the cachet that comes with that is you're going to see UCF recruiting more guys like that, you know, that have that that power conference level size and strength and power. And, you know, that's the kind of thing, you know. Mental, you can make up for some mental mistakes with that, right? Your margin of error is greater. One of the things that, um, when I was working in the in the video department, you know, that we heard George O'Leary say was, "It's not about the X's and the O's; it's about the Jimmys and the Joes." I hear all the time, you know, you know we hear all the t- how many times we hear about, you know, people complaining about play calling, right? Well. Great athletes, you know, all are, are always going to overcome, you know, the 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 whole play calling thing. It's it's not about play calling. It's about recruiting. And listen, and did you see the smile on Gus's face in the post game interview, Eric? He had that that cake eating grin on his face when he was talking about we're going to recruit, 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 recruit. I'm like, okay, here we go. He loves recruiting, man. He loves. Recruiting. Well, I mean, he was listen. He was a height. People forget Gus was a high school football coach and a, and and I, a teacher. And I he think, loves that. He loves that part of the game. And I don't think UCF's ever had that as I've ever had a head coach in that direction, at least in the Division One era. He's the most George, personable. Not in the division. Not in the Division One era. Right. Like George was not a. He did not like recruiting. He was more of a developer. His staff developed guys in a couple of years. Right. Scott wasn't here long enough, and I don't think Scott enjoyed recruiting. No, he was a necessary evil. He wasn't here long enough to know if he would have been a great recruiter here or not. Mike Mike Kruzak was was an underrated recruiter, but he was limited by what he could recruit given where UCF was. Yeah, as a Division One independent, I, um, yeah, and and he had to develop players along the line. But l- listen, you don't get a guy, you don't find a guy like Brandon Marshall at Lake Howell High School and get him over here unless you're a heck of a recruiter, right? So, um, you, you know, but you know, but again, he was he was limited by where UCF was in the pipeline. Now, th- that that ceiling is gone. That that glass ceiling got broken. By the way, uh, tweets Sam Jackson has tweeted our good offensive line uh, lineman said, uh, "Can't wait to hear the excuses." <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. No. Nope. <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't. I know the players don't care. The coaches don't care. I don't care. We beat uh, you. Uh, our buddy Jeremy Tache of uh, Bally's 
tweeting, UCF football is now one of seven teams in FBS with 50 wins over the last five seasons, joining Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, Notre Dame, Georgia, Oklahoma. Proof's in the pudding. What can I you say? I mean, I... I, I Nine and, wins in oh, every year that of, wasn't a COVID season. I know a lot of fans like me maybe have hopped on the bandwagon after the 2017 season and what happened there. But I have to imagine, like, and I'll bring this word up again and again, I think, because of this season. Um, this season, I can't, like, is this a feeling of catharsis for, for, for people like you, Jeff and Eric, who have been with this program for so long and to see it grow up until this point? I don't know if this feels like an ending, you know, catharsis to me seems like an ending. I, this, this feels more to me like a, this, this feels much more like a beginning of something to me. I, you know, I can't quite put my finger on it. I'll need a couple of days to think about it, but you know, it's something had to have ended. Well, I mean, I think it already ended, you know, when, when Dylan Gabriel went down, I think something ended and I think it was that frost, Hypel air raid era where, where UCF broke out of the shell from George O'Leary. But now this t- today, something today, something else flipped, something else changed. And it, and it was, um, I think this was, this was really UCF's coming out party as a true power program. Not just because it was, cause it wasn't just winning the game. It was how they won the game. You know, with power football, I, I, that, that really, that really was something. And, and by the way, I wanted to uh, um, drop this tweet in here from Daniel Glass, DGYM14 on Twitter. Uh, he brings up a great point. The last time UCF played Alabama, Florida, Georgia, and Auburn, UCF beat him. That's a heck, honestly, that's a heck of a statement. It really is. Alabama, Auburn, Florida, Georgia, UCF has won the most recent matchup against all four of those schools. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, it's it's honestly amazing. Like the reason why I did why I put it like that, and maybe that was the wrong way to word it, is because I I'll have say this to everybody. I first decided to when I first applied to college to colleges, I actually applied to just two, UCF and Florida, and I got accepted to both of them. And we and beyond other you know other factors, there was factors. One of the ones that I think is more romantic, as far as that goes, is that I wanted to be part of something that was on the rise, something that you can get on the ground floor and, and to get on the ground floor and watch as and watch as you yourself and the and the the bigger thing you're a part of rises with you. And seeing this UCF football program go from where go from where it was when I first moved to Orlando, even in 2009, to now where they beaten Florida, and of course all those other matchups you talked about, like I saw them beat Georgia, I saw them beat Auburn, I, and now and now I've seen them beat Florida. I mean the the the, the level of growth and the it's and the level of just cat, like just catapulting itself into the national spotlight and, and, and then maintaining that and defending it and be- becoming the program that it is. It's honestly amazing. 
It really is. Tim yeah, Harris, I mean, coach, well, by the way, on the staff, charge on. I'm t- who, I'll tell you, can you imagine that bus ride, Jeff? What's that like? You've been, you've traveled with, uh, with football teams. What is that bus ride going to be back with the players and the coaches? There? You can't, you, yeah, it's, it's a party. It, it's, it's an absolute party. It's like, you, you know, there, there's, there's no better time than that. Cause you're with your guys, you know? Um, Christmas. and, uh, Christmas Eve now. Yeah. It's it's a it, it's it's a Merry Christmas, man. <laughs> uh, I would I would give anything to be like you know. I was usually you know working on something, but you know when you're on the when you're on the bus and the guys are driving back and it's just what what a party, what an absolute party. I mean, unbelievable. Everybody <laughs> sees your bus and they're all beeping their horns at you as they're driving back to Orlando too. It's like the best thing ever. It's true. It's very true. All right, let's uh, let's wrap this up because uh, I want to watch the second half again, <laughs> like many others. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, Bring but, up those uh, numbers again. Yeah. Jeffrey, you'll get the last word of the night before we wrap up this night shift. And first of all, thanks to everybody who's tuned in, uh, not only tonight, but all season long for football. We will do uh, another night shift after the Michigan basketball game, but more on that down the road. But uh, – uh, thanks to everybody who's tuned in all year on Night Shift Live uh, after these football games. No matter, I mean, their first one of the year was like at three in the morning uh, against Boise yeah. State after hmm. that marathon. But uh, just put it into uh, final words, Jeff. You get final word of the of the night here. Uh, what this night meant uh, and, and overall. Just if you're you know if you're a fan, if you're an alum like us, uh, if you're you know a student right now. Like me, um, if you're, uh, you know, it, it's man, we beat those freaking guys. You know, we beat those guys. It's so it, it is just so satisfying to beat to beat them, and um, and you, know, you can never take it away. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care if they say, oh, you know, we had a bad season. You know what? We still beat you. You still showed up on that field, field, and we won that game against you guys. And um, that's the part that I will that, that as a fan I'm going to cherish. And I, I'm I'm so saddened by the fact that I can't be there because you know because I'm still recovering from from what I'm recovering from. But um, man, to to witness that tonight, I'll never forget it. This is up there with this is this one was up there with beating Georgia. This is up there with beating Auburn. This is up there with uh, with the with the first conference championship game against Tulsa. You know, um, you know, just this, the incredible satisfaction of of getting of doing something that you've never done before, that you always thought you could if you ever got the chance, but you never never really sure if you're ever going to get the chance. And then you get the chance, and you're like, oh man, I hope we don't screw this up. And and we got our chance, and we seized it. And it was, it was glorious. It was glorious. We're gonna have a, we're, it, no matter what happens this off season, we will have this forever. Okay, this is this is this was the the night we beat the Florida Gators, and we're gonna play them. Hopefully, unless they duck us three more times. Twenty twenty four. Yeah, make sure your back's twenty twenty four. You know. Hey, and, uh, and listen, and, and by the way, folks, come twenty twenty four, they're gonna be ready for us. Okay, <laughs> they're gonna be. 
after they have a, after they bring in a new head coach after they get impatient after they bring with, it with another yeah, head coach, you know? because they're hashtag too big to fail as i always like to say right <laughs> but uh there but yeah i mean this is this is this is our night all right so let's enjoy this one it's gonna last us a good eight months so let's enjoy it let's have a merry christmas and enjoy it and i'm so thankful to uh you know to that you know that for the players that never gave up on this, um, you know, to the coaches, like I said, Amy uh, Bachman, Cleat just said, just said it right there. Uh, shout out to the coaches and the team for riding the ship that almost sunk in the first half of the season, right after that Louisville game. She's hundred percent right. Um, when a lot of us were losing faith, not all of us, but when, but when some of us were losing faith, they still, they kept it together. They found a way. And, it's a beautiful thing to watch. It's an absolutely beautiful thing to watch. What a job by Gus. What a job by the coaching staff. What a job by the players. And uh, it's great to be a UCF night. I said it's great to be a UCF night. It's great. I, I can't. I'm not sure if we can. I, I don't know it. if we want you to sing. I here, love right? it. I don't know. I'm not. No, uh, I'm not going to sing. But I. But give me. I'll tell you. You know, the, these nights come around every. They're, they don't happen often, but when they do, oh, it's great. I'm going to love Every this. It's a great day to be UCF night. A couple quick thoughts. First of all, thoughts with Justin Shorter. Hope he's okay. That was a serious yep. uh, situation there at the end. Let's yeah, he took that. a pretty bad yeah. shot, hoping he's, hoping he's all right. The reports on the field afterwards were that he, was that he was talking to yeah. the trainers. Um, they, weren't see if, they didn't see if he was able to move, but um, but yeah, we hope Justin's all right. And we hope he, we wish, him, hope, yeah. wish him a Let's very – Quick and and safe recovery too. Yes. Yeah. Let's hope he's okay. That's you know, there's more to, you know, important stuff. And uh, man, that that's uh, hope for the best for him. But uh, hey, like I said, this was a fun night. Sports could be really good, and I think a lot of special things happen uh, on this night that will certainly never be forgotten. It was a great night to be a UCF night in the all over the state of Florida. Jeff, tell the audience where they can find us. All right, UCF Banneret underscore SBN, and I want to I want to emphasize this for everybody um, listening. So Twitter is being mean to us, and they're not um, it, it, they're not figuring out our our social media situation. So our Twitter handle, and you see it right there on the screen right now. Our new Twitter handle. If you followed us on the old handle, you have to follow us on the new handle. It's we didn't change the handle; we had to create a new one. So UCF Banneret underscore SBN is our new Twitter handle. Um, and of course you can follow us at blackandgoldbanneret.com. But this is but this is the one where you want to be. UCF Banneret underscore SBN. I'm at Jeff underscore Sharon. Eric's at Eric Lopez. Elo Bryson is at it's Bryson Turner. Thanks to Trace. I'm sorry, Trace, I didn't get the chance to talk to you here. Um, I popped in right as you were popping out. But uh um but man, what a night. What a night, man. I wish I hope this feeling never ends. Same. We'll have more. We'll have more on this game on our next edition of the Black and Gold Banneret podcast. That'll be all over your favorite podcast uh, feeds. Yep. And where's you can listen. And to this and this. Night Shift is going to be on the podcast feed as well. I'm going to get it up tomorrow morning. Andrew Glukoff, who was at the stadium. Kyle Nash was at the stadium. Andrew is going to have a knee jerk reactions on BlackandGoldBanneret.com as he does after every UCF game. Look for that. Noah Goldberg took some great 
photos. How lucky are you, Jeff? No, we? wow. I hey, hate. Oh, man. That Ryan, that photo of Ryan O'Keefe flashing the deuces, that's going Give me, all hey, I'm going to put this, I'm going to put this up somewhere. right here, folks. This is, this is, this one's going, hang this one in the Louvre, man. Um, wow. Let me, let me see. I'm trying to pull it. Yeah, here it is. Uh, I, I got to get this up so that you guys see this. This we is uh, with two great photographers, Noah Goldberg and Derek Warren. Shout out. Look at this. Like that's beautiful. Wow. I mean, that's. I don't, it's an I don't iconic photo. Say. It's an iconic photo. It's up there with like the Derek Warden catch. The temple that our friend Brandon Helwig J. shot. JJ Warden. JJ. What did I? Yeah, I don't know. what I, You I'm said Derek to... Warden. I'm yeah, our other that. photographer. I, I was pumping him up. I'm thinking of like guys there, but yeah, JJ Warren, the catch against that's up there. That's up there with Shaquem in the Peach Bowl. Yep, yep, yep. It's been a great photo. Great job by everybody <laughs> there. And like I said, the great guys at Tampa. They'll have the photos. They'll have the photo a gallery of the game of the photos there at the galleries. Game. Jew with the knee jerk reactions. We'll yep. have more on this game. Stat on boy Drew on Twitter. Podcast. The SOTG. Yep. That's Kyle Nash for the student in the game. Make sure you follow him up there. Um, we got a lot of stuff coming for you tonight and into tomorrow. So. Uh, it will be a Merry Christmas uh, for Merry for Christmas. us here at, on Black and Gold Banneret. And uh, wow, what a night. That is Jeff Sharon for Jeff. For Bryce and Turner, who we're happy to report the family is still functional despite the the you know the battle lines <laughs> there between the two programs. They're, they're getting along. Thanks to Bryce for all the help behind the scenes on the show as well. Thanks to Trace for coming on the show. Trace Trelko, Sons of UCF Live. For Jeff, for Bryce, and I'm Eric. Enjoy it. Final score, UCF 29, Florida 17. This has been Night Shift.